Hi, friends. Merry Christmas. It's day 12 of the 12 days of Christmas here at That Sounds Fun. My name is Annie F. Downs, and I'm the host of this little Christmas party. I know. I can't believe we're already at our last day, the end of the party. I never want a party to end. You know that. But if it's got to end, I want it to end just like this. I'm so glad you've joined us. I hope you've enjoyed our show from yesterday with Angela Johnson. She's so much fun. And remember, you can back up and listen to any of our 12 days of Christmas. And just a quick note, we will not have any shows for the next couple of weeks as all the elves take a little break from our 12 days of Christmas. We got a lot of cleaning up to do around here. It's been a wild party, as you can imagine. But we'll be back on December 28th in just a couple of weeks with our old friend, Eddie Koffeltz, my co-host of Annie and Eddie Keep Talking. We'll be back on the 28th with a year-end recap that is sure to be spicy. I mean, how else do you recap 2020? Am I right? Hey, the music in the background is from our friends, Rent Collective. They have been so generous to let us use this music for the whole party. Best soundtrack we could ask for. Make sure you grab a copy of their new Christmas album, A Jolly Irish Christmas, Volume 2. And make sure you go tell them thanks again for being so generous to the show. And have you had a chance to pre-order That Sounds Fun, the book? Just a reminder that when you pre-order, you could submit your receipt and get the audiobook now instead of having to wait until February when the book comes out. What a great little thing to listen to while you're driving or cooking or cleaning or cleaning up Christmas or setting up Christmas, wherever you are in the system. Then just a reminder that the first 3,000 people who order it from Barnes & Noble will get an autographed copy. And if you pre-order it as a gift for someone else, first of all, thank you. That's such a good idea. Secondly, be sure to download the Christmas card at thatsoundsfunbook.com so you have something to hand them to let them know about their gift. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a minute and tell you about one of our amazing partners, If Gathering. I want to tell you about this event. I'm going to be a part of it next year, and it is for all of us. You've heard me talk about it before, and you know and love our friend Jenny Allen from the time she's been on the show, but it's called If Gathering, and I want you to be a part of it. It's a two-day virtual event that you can stream right where you are. Some of our favorite Bible teachers will be teaching live. No one has to tell you that this year's been hard. It's felt confusing and divided and challenging, but there is still a reason to have hope. God is still on the move. If Gathering 2021 is March 5th and 6th, and we're going to talk about just that The theme of those two days is going to be even if, even if the worst happens, we don't lose hope. It's one weekend with thousands and thousands and thousands of you joining us right from where you are with one purpose, to come before God and ask the question, how do you want us to live? So get your people together in your places, however you feel safe and however that looks for you this March 5th and 6th. Do not miss this, y'all. Join us live that weekend and feel free to tell everybody you know so they can get on it too. I'm going to be a part of it this year and I hope you will too. If Gathering again is March 5th and 6th and digital passes are on sale now at if2021.com. That's if2021.com and we will see you there. We have such a special show in store for you today. If you've been around for our Christmas parties before, then you know I like to get my parents, who Eddie Koffeltz has named Mr. and Miss F. Downs, I like to get my parents involved. And today for the last part, the last day, the last show of our 12 Days of Christmas, I wanted us to talk about Jesus, the one whose birthday this is all about. And so I like getting my parents involved. This is like our family show for the year. And so first of all, here is my mom, who Eddie Koffeltz calls Mrs. F. Downs. Here is my mom reading the Bible story of Jesus's birth from the book of Luke. Luke. 
Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as had been told. Our friends, she's the best, right? What a great story. So I sent a little message on Slack, a system we use in our company, and offered for everyone who works with me to hop on the mic and tell you who they are, what they do, and something they know about Jesus that they didn't know a year ago. And so here is some of my favorite staff members. Well, they're all my favorites, but here's the ones that have some thoughts for you about Jesus. Hi, my name is Emma, and I'm on Annie's management team. In 2020, I learned that Jesus chose me. I got married this year, and it was the culmination of years of waiting and praying to find the one. Deep down, I've always longed to be chosen. Meeting my husband, Eli, fulfilled many of those deep desires of my heart. But more than that, what I learned this year is that Jesus chose me even before Eli chose me, and he brought me to himself. I have a greater understanding of that love this year, and I feel so undeserving that by his grace and mercy, Jesus chose me. Hi, this is Jenna, the Chief Annie Officer. What I've come to learn about Jesus this year is that He is our only hope. Maybe you are like me and have lost people you love this year, learning how to grieve on top of our world's shared grief. But this year, my heart longed for Jesus and His return more than ever. He is our only hope. During Christmas, we celebrate Him as Emmanuel, God with us. I know for me, everything we used to celebrate seems like it'll always be sad now and parts of me want to disappear this Christmas day. 
If you don't feel like decorating for Christmas or singing the songs, that's okay. It's really not what this season is about anyways. But I hope you will still choose to celebrate our Savior and His birth with me. We may not have gotten what we prayed for and may have received the very thing we prayed against. As we live in this really hard world between two gardens, I hope you will choose with me to wait with the hope that He is coming back to make all things new. I also want to read 1 Peter 1, 6-7. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Hi, I'm Craig, and I'm the video guy here, and this is what I've learned about Jesus this year. To give context, I'm an Enneagram Type 7, and I have a deep aversion to sitting still. But amidst the chaos and the noise of this year, Jesus has actually taught me how to find Him in the quiet places. I've learned that Jesus loves to reside in the quiet, and as COVID continues to take more and more away from me, the more I can hear Jesus calling me away from distraction and from noise and deeper into relationship with Him. I've learned that in these moments, Jesus heals us and restores us because He's a God of joy and rest. So I invite you to join me with Him here in the quiet place. Hey, I'm Fallon, and I'm the Director of Operations for the That Sounds Fun Network. And this year, I learned that Jesus is always accessible. I don't need to come to Him only after I've cleaned up my act or I'm feeling put together. He's ready for me to come to Him always. In fact, I've learned that some of the sweetest times being with Jesus are the times when I'm sitting directly in the mess with nothing cleaned up, because there, His love and acceptance for me feels that much more incredible and tender. I am truly beloved by my Jesus, and so are you. Hey, y'all. I'm Ashley, and I travel with Annie and handle special projects for Downs Books, Inc. What I've learned about Jesus this year is something that sounds really simple to say out loud, but it just feels true to me in new ways this year. It's just that Jesus is with me. Jesus is with us. I mean, that's what Emmanuel means, right? God with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, the incarnation, the miracle of the glory of the limitless God of the universe contained within a tiny, vulnerable, squishy body. But I'm always struck by how with people Jesus truly was. I mean, he saw crowds and didn't just want to teach them. He wanted to feed them, to sit with them and look them in the eyes and share a meal with them. He saw his friends mourning the loss of their brother, and he didn't just comfort them. Cried with them, and then did a bigger miracle than they even knew to ask for. You know, the Bible says that we don't have a high priest who isn't able to sympathize with our weaknesses. And I used to think that was only talking about how Jesus understands what it is to be tempted. So he's with us and resisting the things we're weak to. That's true, he is. And he also really, truly, really, truly understands what it is to be human to feel scared or sad or angry or rejected or at the end of myself. I think he feels really tender toward our humanity. He was born right into all of that. And because he did that, and then for the joy set before him, and that's us, he endured the cross and won out over death. 
because he was with us, we get to be with him. It's the withness of the Trinity that births the withness of the incarnation, and that births the Spirit's withness in us here and now, and that births our withness with our Father forever. It's this beautiful connected cycle. It's just the best news. That's how I know Jesus a new way this year, just that he's with us. Grace upon grace. Grace upon grace, friends. Merry Christmas. You guys, I know, I work with the best people. I cannot believe I get to spend every day with these humans. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for who Jesus is to them, and I'm grateful for their willingness to share. So I just want to take a short break from this episode to give a shout out to our amazing partners, Simplified. Y'all know Emily Lay is my BFF. And at this time of year, we are looking to finish 2020 well and prepare to make a fresh start as the new year begins. The Simplified Planner is the perfect companion to help you get and stay organized. It's literally the reason I remember anything and get it done. Emily created these beautiful design planners that have space for everything. They're designed minimally on purpose so you can really make it work for you and the season that you're in, meaning there's like no extra boxes to check off that clutter up your page or make you feel like you aren't doing enough. The space is yours to help you have the day you intend to have, not to boss you around. And in addition to the Simplified Planner, Simplified also offers other organizational tools and gift items to help you prioritize and stay organized in the year ahead. You can find all of these amazing tools at emilylay.co slash that sounds fun. Again, that's E-M-I-L-Y-L-E-Y dot C-O slash that sounds fun, all in lowercase. And now back to our show. So after all my coworkers had said their thoughts on Jesus, I sat down and recorded my own. So I think I'm supposed to start this with, hey, I'm Annie, and I'm the podcast host here at That Sounds Fun, because while I haven't heard the other staff members' stories yet, you have at this point, I think that's how I told them all to start. So I'll do the same. I'm in the office alone, which is never the case. And because it's winter in Nashville, it's already dark, even though the workday is just ending. Trust me, I'm not here long after five, ever. <laughs> I've been meaning to record this for a few days now, but as it always does, right here and right now makes the most sense. It's just me. And I want to tell you a story that feels so personal. I don't want an audience, which is hilarious because, hi, podcast. It's me in here and the That Sounds Fun studio and my Bible the same one I've had since 1995. So quick math using the calculator on my phone says that's 25 years. For 25 of my years, this Bible has been my constant companion. Not meaning I read it constantly, but it's been the Bible that has traveled with me and sat by me and waited on me. It has markings and smudges. And when I think of the one most precious item to me, the one thing I would grab given the chance if there was a fire or a flood, it is this Bible. I don't always bring my Bible to work. It just so happened that I did today because I'm working on a sermon for church, too. So I grabbed it before I walked out the door. And just as sitting here alone in the office feels so fitting for this, having my Bible on the table with me feels the same. As you may or may not know, I set a goal at the end of last year. I wanted to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each month. Loop through all four books every month. I wanted to do this during my, like, 
prayer time or quiet time, you know, I hate that term, or just my reading time in the morning. Pastor Kevin, Pastor of the Pod, always says you need to have a plan and a place. And if you want to be consistent in your Bible reading, have a plan and a place. And so I wanted to make my plan for 2020 reading the Gospels every month. The why behind it is pretty simple. Before I knew 2020, I was thinking about 2020, setting goals and looking forward, making plans. You did the same, and we'll do the same again for 2021. And I was thinking about how loud the world felt to me in 2019, how busy and fast and loud, loud like the internet and loud like lots of voices and loud like my television. I also knew the U.S. election was coming and lots of people would get even louder. And I thought, what if I could get to next December, meaning right now, December 2020, and the man I heard the most about and the most from was Jesus. And that's what you get in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're new to the Bible, the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, is before Jesus. And then in that page between the end of Malachi and the beginning of Matthew, in real time, that was 400 years. And then the New Testament starts with Matthew and goes through Revelation. But those first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are first or secondhand retellings of the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and John spent time with Jesus himself. Luke was a doctor, a researcher, and he wrote Luke and Acts as he asked people questions, asked firsthand about Jesus, went and spoke with people that knew him, and that was his research. Luke and Acts were Dr. Luke's research about Jesus. So each month as I read, I wrote down one thing that jumped out at me about Jesus— in the back of my Bible, I have a page. You can see it on Instagram if you scroll around. But on the back of my Bible, I have a page where I've listed the gospel in a month plan. And then every month when I read it, January, I marked 120, February 220, March 320. And as I read it, I marked through it. And then also every month I made a list of the month and the version of the Bible that I read and one thing that stood out to me. I started January 2020 with this Bible, the Quest Study Bible that has been with me for 25 years. And this month in December, I ended with it as well. And so each month I wrote down something that jumped out at me, something I hadn't seen before about Jesus, even though I've been around the Bible for a while. I wanted to see something new so I would see some sort of fact or personality trait. Because the thing is, Jesus had a personality. He has a personality he is fully God, but also fully human, sinless and blameless, but human. That's what this whole holiday is about, the truth that Jesus was born in the most vulnerable of ways as a human. I think we forget sometimes that just to be is vulnerable, to start as a baby, to learn to walk and talk, to have growing pains and puberty as a teenager and sore knees and gray hairs as an adult. It's all incredibly vulnerable. We celebrate Christmas as the birth of this man, this Jesus. And while I've been really fine with talking about the reading as the year has gone on, suddenly it feels very personal. Not like I'm reading from a journal, but like I'm retelling moments and stories from this year that have been quietly happening between two people, two vulnerable humans. 
one perfect him, one not perfect me. But it's like I've blinked and suddenly here we are. The year is finished. My reading almost finished and it feels so deeply private (laughs) and vulnerable. A year ago, I could have supposed some things that I would think and feel about Jesus after spending a year reading the Gospels, but I wouldn't have guessed it would feel so vulnerable. If you've fallen in love before, you know this. Now, I'm not one of those Jesus is my husband kind of people, though I do recognize we are the bride of Christ and and all that, but, but I'm talking more about that thing where two people who know each other keep knowing each other in public and personally and in private ways. And before there's any, like, proclamation, there's connection. And it deepens over time, and it deepens without other people around in conversations and stories and experiences. And people ask me all the time, what's my big takeaway from reading the gospel this year? And and so maybe that's my big takeaway. Talking about Jesus is vulnerable for me now because my love for him is different. Our friendship is different. He is dearer to me in many ways and more frustrating than I would have predicted and more other, more God, more unknowable. And, And yet I feel like I know him better. Actually, better said, I I feel like I know him, and yet I wish I could see his face (laughs) to hear what his voice actually sounds like in my ears. After a year of reading about him, I want to stand in the same place as him, to know him like I know the other vulnerable humans I share physical space with. A year of reading about him has not tired me of him. It has, in fact, made me ache for him. He's a wonder. Jesus healed so many people, like from sick to well, from dead to alive. He did miracles all the time. He fed thousands and thousands of people repeatedly. And he's brilliant. I mean, so many times, so many of the recorded stories Other people tried to trap him in conversation and have him weave his way into trouble, and he never fell for it. He was always a step ahead, and what a great storyteller. He would tell stories that would interest people, that connected with people, that met them right where they are over and over. And he's kind. I watched him from a distance over and over this year, and I saw how he treated children And I saw how he treated the unlovable, and I saw how he treated the one who would betray him. I watched him cry as his friends suffered and get angry at injustice. I watched him be vulnerable with those he loved and held dear and close. I watched him be a good friend. And he's frustrating. (laughs) And so many things he said that confused the disciples honestly would have confused me too, and maybe still do a little bit. I mean, he told them to take up their crosses and follow him, but that was before he was even crucified. He told them that the kingdom was here, but he never took over. He walked on water, like on it. And then when Peter tried to join him, he couldn't stay on top. I found myself, particularly in September, really questioning why Jesus was saying some of the things he did. But that's okay. I actually think that's good. 
Lots of people I love say things I don't understand and sometimes don't agree with. And on my best days, it makes me lean in and listen even better. (laughs) On my worst days, well, it makes me mad. (laughs) And that's actually good, too. What I know at the end of this year is that there is so much more I want to know. John says it at the end of his Gospels. This is John 21, verse 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I want to know the many other things because after a year with him, I'm ready for more. I think you know this, but I just want to make it clear if I haven't before. I believe Jesus is the Son of God, born of a virgin, Mary, who lived and he lived sinlessly and blamelessly for 33 years on this planet. When he was crucified, he died. And in that death, he took my sins and your sins on his own shoulders. He paid a cost I cannot pay. And in his death, he made a way for me to be right with God. Every bit of connection and relationship that I love with God is because of Jesus and what he sacrificed. My sin separated us. The cross made things right. And then days after his death, he came back to life. Where he was in the middle, we'll get details on that later, but his resurrection gave us new life, abundant life. And that's not just for me, it's for you too. It's a relationship, you've heard me say that. But it starts by you just saying to Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and you died for my sins. I repent of those sins and I turn away from them and I turn towards you. Come into my life and be a part of this with me. In fact, Romans 10, 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he saved me. I say this a lot, but Jesus saved me once, but he rescues me all the time. And it's true. So on this last episode before Christmas, I just wanted you to know why I do all this and why we make this show and why it matters so much to me. Because maybe you've listened to a few hundred episodes with us to get to this one so you could hear that all of my guests and friends and every relationship in my life, no one is dearer or more important to me than Jesus. And after 12 months in the Gospels, digging around in the same stories over and over, I guess I just wanted you to hear what I discovered. He's everything to me that those writers said he would be. I love birthdays because we get to say to the person who was born what their life has meant to us and how their existence has changed our existence. So Jesus, let this whole show, this whole podcast, this whole life of mine be a story of how your birth changed my life. You keep changing my life. My favorite of Jesus' disciples is Peter. Y'all know that. So I'll just finish here with some words that Peter wrote about Jesus. This is in the message version. This is 1 Peter 1. I'll start at verse 1. I, Peter, am an apostle on assignment by Jesus, the Messiah, writing to exiles scattered to the four winds. Not one is missing. Not one forgotten. God the Father has his eye on each of you and has determined by the work of the Spirit to keep you obedient through the sacrifice of Jesus. May everything good from God be yours. 
What a God we have. And how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master, Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Pure gold put in the fire comes out of it proved pure. Genuine faith put through this suffering comes out proved genuine. When Jesus wraps this all up, it's your faith, not your gold, that God will have on display as evidence of his victory. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. Because you kept on believing, you'll get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Amen. Friends, before we finish up today's show, I want to tell you about one more of our incredible partners, Blendjet. Blenders haven't changed much since the first one was invented in 1922. They're just as big and clunky as they've been for the last hundred years. Wouldn't it be great to have the power of a kitchen blender in a sleek water bottle-sized device? Now you can with the next-gen blender from Blendjet, the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Y'all, portable. With the all-new Blendjet 2 Portable Blender, in just 20 seconds, you can make a delicious smoothie, a protein shake, a latte, or my personal favorite, a chai. And you can do it anytime, anywhere. Blendjet is compact and lightweight, and I can't believe how powerful it is. Easily crushing through ice, frozen fruit, just about anything. It has measurement markings right on the jar, which I find very helpful. And best of all, it cleans itself. You get about 15 blends from an hour of charging with any USB port. Yeah, you can charge your Blendjet with your phone charger, your laptop, or even in your car, y'all. And because it's water resistant, you can even blend mocktails or cocktails by the pool to relax with a perfectly blended beverage. Join the millions of happy customers who've upgraded to Blendjet 2 and have left over 20,000 five-star reviews. You can try Blendjet 2 risk-free with their 30-day money-back guarantee. Just go to blendjet.com slash that sounds fun right now to save an extra 12% on top of their already discounted price. Save an extra 12% at blendjet.com slash that sounds fun. Again, that's blendjet.com slash that sounds fun. And now let's finish this party. In the Downs family, our tradition is the last thing we do before Christmas is my dad reads us, yes, Mr. F. Downs, who loves when the guest says, that's a great question to me. Dad reads us, twas the night before Christmas. And so as he did last year, I asked him to do it again this year. Dad, will you now please read us, twas the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house. Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were all nestled, all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And mom in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled at our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. 
the moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow, give the luster of midday to objects below, when what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, with a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blixen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew, with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys was flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and his beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke had encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. He winked in his eye and twisted his head, soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprung to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him explain ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. Oh, friends, I'm feeling all the holiday cheer and feeling pretty tender as we wrap up this Christmas party with my family, my friends, my team, centering our hearts on Jesus. I'm just so grateful that you came to our little Christmas party. I hope you had the best time. I know I have. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I'm Annie F. Downs, TSF, like that sounds fun on YouTube. And as always, if you get a chance to rate and review the show, that would mean a lot to us. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same here at Downs Books, Inc. And at the That Sounds Fun Network, we'll be taking our Christmas break from now until December 28th. It'll give you a little chance to catch up if you need it. And we'll be back for our 2020 year in review with our good buddy, Eddie Koffeltz. And then we'll kick off the new year on January 4th with one of your favorites and one of my favorites, Charles Martin. Merry Christmas, friends. I love you. We'll see you back here in a couple of weeks.